A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill CityCast, where we aim to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. My name is Matthew Cray. We're recording upstairs in the city of Rock Hill, City Hall recording studio. Where that's where we do all our fun work here on the podcast. Uh, we do conversations with the mayor. We do uh, inside Rock Hill, or not inside Rock Hill, but Rock Hill Update. Uh, today at the podcast table, we have Derek Lindsay. Uh, member of city council. Derek, how's it going? Wonderful. Wonderful. And Derek, go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, and in short, because we'll get into it more later, uh, why you decided to become or how you ended up on city council. Well, uh, first of all, I was uh, born and raised here in Rock Hill. I'm a graduate of uh, Rock Hill High School. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And I uh, have a passion for people. So that's why I ended, uh, wanted to run for a city council seat. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, as someone who grew up uh, in the city of Rock Hill and has been here your, your whole life, what do you love about it? Well, I'm I'm a small town boy. Okay. I like that small town atmosphere. Um, I like big yards. I like cutting grass, things like that. I um, can't get that in the city. I don't, I don't like a lot of traffic. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, you've al- always lived here. I came here in 2012. I've been here about 10 years. Rock Hill feels big to me. It you know? does. <laughs> it does. It's it's really growing at a rapid pace, and uh, I wish there was somewhere we could slow it down, but uh, you you can't really. So you went to Rock Hill. Uh, was there ever a time you left Rock Hill, or what What did you do after you finished high school? No, I didn't leave Rock Hill. My uh, I was in, enrolled at uh, York Tech, and I was working on some background courses and classes, and, and my dream was to uh, transfer to a major college to go through the ROTC program. Okay. And then uh, I wanted to uh, go in the Air Force as an officer. My dream was to fly the F-16. Oh, wow. So Top Gun, big Top Gun guy. Yes, we love Top Gun. Uh, I love it. The first movie or second movie? Both movies. <laughs> How many times have you seen the second one? Uh, at least twice. At least twice. <laughs> but uh, definitely I'll watch it again. I agree. It was it was very well worth the wait. Very good movie. So uh, what we do here on the podcast is we like to have a little fun here at the beginning, and we're going to put you on the hot seat. So okay. uh, we're going to ask you questions about yourself. Uh, for example, what is your favorite type of cookie? And you would say? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Uh, gooey, crunchy. All of the above. All of the above. So, <laughs> And we'll go through a bunch of those, and we'll see how many you can get in a minute. You ready? Yes, sir. What is your favorite topping to put on a pizza? Sausage. Where is somewhere you have always wanted to go on vacation? I want to see the Northern Lights. That, I love that. Uh, favorite thing to do in your free time? Rest. Uh, what is the first thing you do when you get home from work? Plop in my office chair. Uh, the answer goes right to my next question. What is your preferred place to sit when you're at home? In my <laughs> office chair. Would you rather it be really hot outside or really cold? Really cold. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you have a favorite type of dog? Well, we have Yorkies now, but I've had, I have had in the past Rottweilers. All right. If you could ride any animal, and you know it's not going to hurt you, what animal would you like to ride? A horse. Okay. Do you prefer breakfast food, lunch food, or dinner food? All of the above. Who is someone you would love to see in concert? Mary J. Blige. 
What did you want to be growing up? A fighter pilot. That's right. You did say that. Uh, when you were a kid, what was your best Halloween costume? Uh, didn't dress up as a kid, but uh, recently I've uh, I'm at the mall, so we have the Halloween. Okay. So I've, I've dressed up as Zorro probably the last ten years, twelve years. This is gonna show my age, but is <laughs> is the Z- Zorro and Indigo Montoya that quote same person or am I completely messing that up? No, it's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare pre- pre- to die. Uh, what what things do you never leave the house without? Well, uh, a pen, a wallet my phone and uh watch i feel naked without (laughs) and your keys because you never get anywhere without those (laughs) awesome well that's a little bit about Derek Lindsay, uh the person now Derek, what do you do for a living well i tell everybody show mars don't i mean uh city council don't pay the bills and most people know me as uh, mr show mars okay so I manage the uh, or oversee the day-to-day operations of both of the Shomars locations here in Rock Hill. So there's, there's, I know there's one on Herlong. Remind me where the second is. It's in the Galleria Mall. That's right. It, it, there is one in the Galleria Mall. Uh, so operations at Shomars uh, to C- City Council. Tell me how that happened. Well, a friend of mine, he uh, was complaining about some things one day, and he had me all riled up. And he said, well, Derek, you should come to the meeting with me. And uh, I said, uh who was the meeting with? And he said, uh, Ray Keturber at City Hall, and it was on a Monday. So I went to the meeting with him, and I was very disruptive in the meeting uh, with Ray Keturber and, uh, to the point where he couldn't carry the meeting on. And, and he said, well, young man, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and I was like, yes, I know what I'm talking about. And he said, well, you know, you know what? You need to take the Inside Rock Hill class. And, and I did, and when I did, I had to go back and apologize to him uh, because he said I was comparing apples to oranges, and I, and I was. Yeah, and so... Uh, that meeting ended, and and then what? Well, when that meeting ended, I um, the birth of me running for a city council seat was uh, planted, and and actually, I tell everybody I was being groomed for this spot since uh, two thousand four, two thousand five. And what is that when that meeting took place, or what happened back then that led to the meeting did take place? I think it was uh, two thousand and three, two thousand four when the meeting took place, and from that meeting. Um, Mr. Guterra, he was my mentor then, you know, and he made sure that I, uh, I from then I, I stayed abreast on some of the issues that were going on in the city of Rock Hill. He made sure that uh, I served on, like, wanted to get me involved. And so I was uh, serving on the uh, Tourism Commission uh, back then. Uh, he wanted to make sure I was at certain events to meet, meet and greet people. Uh, what? So the 16 years between then and when you decided to run, why the long gap? Well, you second guess yourself sometime. And uh, I wanted to make sure that the business was at a point where I could step away from it. And I had great people in place to run it. And uh, because I didn't know how time consuming city council would be. And it's very time consuming. So I wanted to make sure those great people were in place so I could uh, step away from time to time and, and, and do what I need to do. So you mentioned you took the Inside Rock Hill course and that led or gave you some of the information, the core information uh, that I'm sure you still use today as a, a city council member. Uh, what what are one or two of the things that you learned in there that you were able to combine the information with the fire you had inside you to really lead you to eventually run? Well, just like I was doing, uh, as I encounter uh, people throughout the city, they're doing the same thing. And what I mean by that, uh, I was told that I compare uh, apples to oranges. And one of the things that uh, I've learned in Inside Rock Hill course, inside the uh, Inside Rock Hill course, as, as well as being on city council, is that. Just because it's within the city limits doesn't mean the city owns it, meaning the roads. It's a road within the city, but it could be a state road. It could be a county road. That's true. And, That's and, we, and, you know, the city can't encroach on that road and just do whatever uh, 
you want to do on that role. You can't do it. Very good example. Um, so the you decide to run. What all goes into a campaign? In this specific example at city council, but it could be for any political seat. A lot goes into it. Uh, tireless, sleepless uh, days and nights for starters. Uh, strategy. Connecting with people. I'm a people person, so I thought the best strategy was to uh, connect with people, as many people as possible, and let them know that uh, who Derek Lindsay is and, and uh, what kind of representative they would be getting. Uh, same person that you've seen me for years uh, run the Shell Morris restaurant, you're going to get that same intensity, mm-hmm. the same kind of person as a city council. And uh, when you look back on it, what are some things you're like, ah, I don't know if I do that again. I might do this instead or things, you know, I really like that. I'm definitely going to do that part again. Well, you know, I um, going into it, you see things. Uh, There's a quote about, you know, uh, if you look at things different than things you look at change, you know, is it, yeah. that, that quote, I'm learning to look at things different now, uh, with a different pair of eyes. And, uh, I, uh, I'm more for the glass being half full now, as opposed to being half empty. And before you would say you were a glass half empty guy. Sometimes, okay. sometimes, but now I want to see the good in everything. I want to see the uh, positive in everything. I don't want to focus on, on negativity as much. I'm a glass half full guy to a fault. So one and the same here at the table. You go through your race, you win. Who was the council member before you? Miss um, uh, Sandro Borakuma. Okay. You win the race. Uh, there are seven people on council, including mm-hmm. the mayor, mm-hmm. six council members, and each of them represents a district. Yours yes. is Ward 1. So tell me about Ward 1, uh, what makes it special, what makes it unique. Well, um, you can't talk about Ward 1 without talking about Ward 5. Okay. Uh, I'm the city council representative for Ward 1, and council member Perry Sutton, he's a city council representative for Ward 5. There are two uh, single-member districts, majority-minority districts, and Ward 1 and Ward 5 are those districts. And the same, uh, some of the same problems and issues that we deal with in Ward uh, 1, they exist in Ward 5 as well. So we team together. We team, uh, team up together a lot and to work on some of the issues in, in both areas. He goes to answer calls in, in my area and I do the same in his area and we just tag team it as much as we can. So the south side of Rock Hill is an area that in recent years has been a priority for the city. Um, you have the Clinton Connection Action Plan, the south side TIF. Uh, were, were those topics and subjects you were in on from the beginning? How did how did that all work? Well, with the uh, Clinton Connection, well, first of all, I'll tell everybody this is my um, first third year meaning uh, my first two years, I took over in 2020, and it was uh, um, in the middle of COVID. So you had a lot of Zoom meetings. You didn't have the uh, meet and greet that you would normally do. So I think now that I'm uh, in the waning moments of COVID, I'm starting to get out and meet a lot of the people that I heard their voice on Zoom. That's but true, yeah. The, I like the people that had the, uh, well, I love the people that had that forward vision to go ahead and get started with the Clinton Connection in the formulation stages. Uh, even during COVID, meeting Zoom on the Zoom and uh, the birth of the Clinton Connection came of that. And it was the um, development of the South Side. And uh, but that was it. That the Clinton Connection is a great plan, but you can have a great plan, but you always need a funding source. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mayor Geddes, Councilmember Jackson and myself, we were meeting to uh, take the great plan of the Clinton Connection and pair it with a funding source, which is called the South Side TIF. And for those out there who don't know, because I know I didn't know for a long time, 
Uh, what is a TIF? How does it work? A TIF is a tax increment finance, and um, there are three entities that come to the table uh, with a TIF, the uh, city of Rock Hill, York County, as well as the school board. And wherever the uh, property tax revenues are and whatever that entity is getting now, they with, continue within to, this area, this yes, district, within, within the TIF district, okay. uh, they continue to get that. But once a new TIF is established, then new property tax revenue. So after development comes on that property, the new property tax revenues from that will be a um, uh, be used to service the debt. The city could leverage bonds and, and take that debt service to um, do uh, things in the uh, in the south side, like uh, give it be a caveat for a new grocery store to come mm -hmm. off of Saluda. We desperately need a grocery store in that area so we could offer uh, incentives through the TIF for a grocery store to come. In short, though, uh, the property taxes from the new development yes. will help pay for new property. Right. Correct? But let me clear something up. Okay. We can't yes. we can't build the grocery store for a private developer, mm -hmm. but we can through the TIF do some of the public part of it like uh, water sewer and we could bring that up to your property line and you would still have to do the rest within your property so we could do curb and gutter things like that lighting okay but we can't build a building for a private developer with taxpayers money but we can offer some of the public infrastructure that will be in place there's your third grade lesson on tiff districts if you want to know more look it up go listen to a financing podcast well, just give me a call <laughs> or call Derek you know? to you. all right so uh that's the tiff district uh I've talked about this. I think I talked about the same thing when we had Perry on. We had him on several months ago. Uh, but with an area in a community that it has been underdeveloped, while other areas have been more developed, oftentimes you see uh, doubt, uh, discouragement. People look at a situation, oh, you know, you, you're going to fix my area. I've heard that before. It didn't happen. So there's some disbelief. Is yes. that something you've run into on the south side? And if so, how have you dealt with that? We, we do. Uh, and I said we, uh, Council Member Sutton and I, we definitely run into doubt, uh, despair. We run into that uh, actually every day. And we have lived it. So we're part of the doubt process. But we stepped up to take the reins, so to speak, and to uh, promise the people that we can advance the needle, we can move things forward. So first thing to do when, when something like that happens is to apologize. You are part of the city now. So whatever happened 50 years ago, I didn't do it, but you are in the seat now. I'm in the seat now. So I have to apologize for what did or didn't happen. So I, when you apologize, you kind of take the steam out of it. You kind of, kind of take the uh, brunt of it, being a representative of the city, and, and let them know that, look, give me a chance. Let me see what I can get done. Let me see how I can help you. So you just have to meet them where they are. And, and do people on the south side feel like things are finally starting to happen? Well, you could um, talk about it all day, but right. it, it's action. They yeah. want to see action. And I don't know if you've, you've known, but the, if you know that the, uh, the old Winn-Dixie grocery store was torn down recently. That's called the Three Points at Three South points, End, right? Uh, yes. Yep. That was torn down. And actually next week, um, uh, Council Member Sutton and I and, and uh, two other people will be in D.C. looking at a... Um, a concept for a grocery store okay. to, to fit on that property. Okay, so, so, so uh, I know that is a, a property that was bought by a couple local developers. Yes. Uh, let's just zero in on that because that's something that's happening. That's tangible. It's action. Uh, there's a grocery store got knocked down, uh, but there's 
you know, you want to put a grocery store there, but there's some other things that are going to go in that area. Uh, what's it like to to see the the plan begin? I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but well, like I said, we've it's just been. You could talk about it or you could formulate all day, but yeah. you have to put it into action at some point and to get it torn down to the point where, you know, it's been there for years now, but now it's torn down and uh, it's going to be graded. Uh, now you could start the next phase of formulation mm-hmm. as to what could be built there, how we're going to build it and, and uh, which is already well underway. Okay. What is, what is your vision for the South side? What, what do you look at and hope it could become? Well, first of all, I know if you live in uh, um, on the south side, like the Southland Park area or um, or or uh, Country Club area, you have to drive to Food Line in either direction just for a grocery store and or pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and that's what we call a blighted area. And, and we don't want to continue to do that. So we want to spark development on the south side, but we want to do it in a controlled way where we don't promote gentrification. We uh, minimize it as much as possible. What are some other things uh, the South Side needs or you would love to see it have? Well, we are uh, well underway uh, working on a, a regional park for the South Side. Okay. Um, we've been having multiple discussions about it. It's well underway, and the uh, regional park will be behind the uh, on Heckle uh, Boulevard, right there behind the American Legion, and it would. Uh, encompass all of the land behind the American Legion all the way over to Cherry, Cherry Road. So it would be the biggest park here in the city of Rock Hill. This is an area you grew up in. Did you grow up on the south side? Yes, I grew up on Green Street. It is How rewarding is some of the stuff you do to see the area you grew up in um, and be able to pour back into it? It's, it's wonderful. It's a great feeling. Uh, but the flip side of that coin is, is, is when you can't help someone, too, that really needs the help or... or uh, you can't make a phone call and, and, and get them the relief that they need. That's the a discouraging part of it. But I, I enjoy doing what I do. So that's what's going on on the south side. Anything more on the south side that we missed? Veterans Day. Uh, Tim Scott was here. Mm-hmm. So we were riding around with him. We took him to college down. We showed him how um, the water floods that area out. And um, he's going to send his um, chief of staff down here with the uh, service car Army engineers to see how we can... Uh, fix that area when you get a national figure like that down here what are some of the possible outcomes that you know he might be able what what could he do does that make sense well he, he has the power of the pen uh-huh first and first and foremost as well as the uh the senate has a bigger budget than the house mm-hmm. when you get into politics you realize things like that who has the money you want to mm-hmm. You know, you want to gravitate toward who has the money. And I'm not saying the House don't have money, but the Senate has more money mm-hmm. and uh, they can allocate more money to our area than it benefits the entire city and everybody in it. Cool. Well, uh, uh, to move beyond the South Side just for a second, because you have Ward 1, you're charged with serving uh, the whole city. What, what are some other things that uh, you have helped with that you have been a proponent of uh, during your tenures thus far? Well, uh when I first uh, joined city council, um, I was uh, given the task of redistricting. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, how, how can I please everybody with redistricting? <laughs> but uh, hey, can you please everyone? No, I, I realized <laughs> you can't please everyone. You, you can't. You try, but you can't. But I uh, you have to make an honest effort to 
uh, to try to please everyone. So you, you, you make an honest effort to do it. But with redistricting, um, with the help of um, the uh, deputy city manager, uh, Stephen Gibson, as well as um, Jeremy Winkler, we were able to put out, they did the work. They did the heavy lifting. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, I was a task with uh, taking it to the community and to uh, explain what redistricting is and what it does. And, and uh, we had some sessions over the summer of 2021 while redistricting was happening. And I, um, that was my, one of my first major tasks to, to take on. That's a big one. <laughs> it is. It is. And I'm glad to say that the city of Rock Hill was able to put out a, a map with uh, less than 4%, 4% deviation. Uh, that's like an A++, so to speak. And uh, as opposed to uh, we had other entities that were doing um, their own version of uh, redistricting maps. And the city's uh, Rock Hill's map uh, was uh, the best one of all. Is public service what you thought it would be? No, sir, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Expl explain. Well, you, you, you see what you see on TV, but there are uh, countless hours at the at, I call it the round table in the back room or executive session. Um, you can't discuss things in the public. Uh, what goes on in, in, in uh, executive session and uh, you're gung ho about changing the world. But you realize on council, uh, there's seven people up there. You could change the world, but you need three other people to see see what you see. Mm. So you can't change something until you could get three other people to uh, vote in your favor to change something. And you have to get it on the agenda, vote on it, and you got to come up with the rules and regulations for it. So it, it's a daunting task sometimes, but you, you work at it, you work toward it to accomplish it. How do you balance uh, this with your job? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell everybody, I think uh, Shomar's prepared me for city council. Uh, Dylan, I have uh, roughly 63 employees, uh, and I um, each person is different. This person may need me to cry with them or pray with them. Uh, I need to fuss at this person, so I need to uh, encourage this person. So I, I, this one young lady, I had to push her to uh, get her driver's license, something as simple as that. So it, it, it prepared me for city council. How have you grown in your past two and a half, three years? Well, I've, uh, patience. <laughs> it's a virtue. That's the saying. Patience <laughs> is a virtue. Definitely patience. Because you, like I said, you're gung-ho about changing the world, but you realize you, it's not going to change overnight. Mm -hmm. Things you can start working on today uh, or tomorrow may not change until five years from now. But you got to put that work in for the four or five years before it could change. And I guess you have a, a bank of items to look back on. You look at all the different developments around Rock Hill from when the idea was birthed to when it, you know, finished. It's a long time. And yes. so something you might think of now might be done in 10 to 12 years, but it still gets done. And that wouldn't have been done if you or someone else hadn't thought of it. Didn't vote on it or think of it. Yes. I, um, even some of the uh, uh, multifamily units for as uh, developments that you approve now, uh, may not happen until may not even start until two years from now. Mm. So it's uh, that's good. That's bad. Sometimes, you know, especially when it comes to affordable housing, uh, we need some of that affordable housing now today and, and they're not going to break ground until two years from now. So it's just, it, well, what is with affordable housing? Just to touch on that for a second, what are some of the key things that go into to doing that or to helping uh, promote or make it happen? 
We're also lumped into what we call the uh, Piedmont. I call it the Piedmont region or the Charlotte uh, metro area, mm-hmm. which uh, encompasses the lower part of Charlotte, the south side of uh, south end of Charlotte, Fort Mill, TKK and Rock Hill. And if you know anything about affordable housing in that area, the, the rates for affordable, I mean, rates for housing is up. So mm-hmm. it affects us greatly here in Rock Hill. Mm. Is there anything big that I've missed or that you'd like to add? Well, I um, definitely uh, some of the new things that we're one I want to continue to work on is I'm a advocate for homelessness. Okay, uh, want to continue to work on that. I uh, I promised that I would get more involved with homelessness, and I when I joined Cash, uh, I'm part of the uh, I go to the Pathways meeting. I go to the Cath uh, part of Cash is part of Pathways, and okay. I uh, located at Pathways, and I. Uh, there's a meeting coming up uh, Wednesday, no Thursday, that I can't tell you about. But uh, I can tell you about it. I can't tell you who's all going to be there. And it's to address uh, some of the affordable housing issues here across the state, not just Rock Hill. Okay. And so there'll be some heavy hitters in that in that in that meeting. Right. And I definitely want to be a part of that meeting. And and I will be the first to say, as uh, we grow and we're growing at a rapid pace, we have. Um, we we have become not a, a a city like Charlotte yet, but we are well on the way to becoming a big city. And as you uh, grow, you're gonna have the amenities of big cities. And some of the things that uh, I like to see is definitely more art, mm-hmm. as well as um, murals. Some don't like murals painted on you know city property, but um, if you're gonna have the big city, you gotta have the amenities of big cities. Last question for me. Rock Hill's a growing big city with a small town feel. It's one of yes. the things I love about it. How do you balance that push and pull from it becoming too much of one or the other? Well, because of the <laughs> close proximity to Charlotte. Yeah. I don't I really don't want to be the uh bedrock, so to speak, for Charlotte mm-hmm. or uh I don't want Charlotte to grow into Rock Hill, so yeah. to speak. But uh, I, I like the small town atmosphere. I'm a, a, I would call a country boy. Most people would say, uh, or a small town boy. I, I like that feel. So I'm gonna always uh, push toward that. But you have to balance it. You can't, you can't grow. Yeah. And not have some of the amenities of big cities, and so you have to balance it as best you can. And 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 it's hard sometimes. It's extremely hard because you got developers that want to throw a building up everywhere, and you know you want to say no. You want to leave the green space there. You know, you just and I know they want to make money. That's why they buy mm-hmm. up this land and everything. But uh, you, you just say no sometimes. You you have to. You well, have Derek, to. thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us here on Rock Hill CityCast. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do here at uh, as a council member. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information. Follow us on social media.